Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is uh, Frosty... The snowman, Jonathan Strickland. I was trying to come up with a rhyming scheme like last time. I aim to misbehave. That's not what Frosty says, Jonathan. No, but it plays into stuff we're going to talk about later. So I'm thematically okay. You are thematically okay. I guess Frosty technically could say that he aims to misbehave. Like, that's just a certain take Happy on Happy birthday. I aim to misbehave. Yeah, that would be a little weird. <laughs> Uh, Ariel, I got a question for you. Okay, Ariel, you are given the opportunity to travel to a fictional location of your choice. What do you choose? Um, I'm trying to decide between, you know, Lothlorien or Narnia. Ah, uh, gotcha. So either Tolkien or Lewis. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, those are both great choices. And you know what? There's uh, uh, some interesting uh, parallels between the two. So, you know, I, I, I'll yeah, say it this like, way. The, Narnia after the White Witch. <laughs> yeah, right. You Yeah. You don't want 
White Witch era Narnia. How about this? Uh, I'll, I'll do a I'll do one of those things that Disney sometimes does when they sell their travel packages. Uh, you can spend four days in one and three days in the other. <laughs> that sounds delightful. What about you, you Jonathan? Oh, I chose Schmigadoon. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Schmigadoon, because because just imagine traveling to a place where people burst out into song and choreographed dance all the time. Like that's yeah, as long as it's a vacation and not a permanent residence, I'm all for it. You don't think that would get old? Uh, well, I mean, what I would think is if it started to feel old, I would just start trying to say cues for a different kind of song style. <laughs> like, like <laughs> let me see if I can set up like the sad old man song, like cellophane or something, or now it's time for a big ensemble musical number <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so that's, that I would mean, be that makes joke. sense. That makes sense. Thank you. You know, I bet, I bet once I watch Schmigadoon that, um, I will want to go there. Well, watching stuff's going to get even more complicated, which brings us to our first news story of the day, which is that Paramount Plus, the streaming service uh, for uh, NBC, is now going to break out a whole bunch of streaming channels that focus on specific topics. And by a whole bunch, I think I mean what, like 18? Something like that. Uh, it's They're calling them linear channels. And guess what a linear channel is, folks? It's pretty much a cable channel. So like if you watch Cozy TV for like all of the mid-90s sitcoms, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. You know, they've got a, a 24-7 laughs channel that's going to have like Reno 911 and hot in Cleveland. And they're going to have like a crime and justice, which is all of like the CSI NCIS blue bloods MacGyver. Um, and then like a SpongeBob channel and a Paw Patrol's channel. I honestly did not think there was enough Paw Patrol content to have an entire channel devoted to it, but here we are. Yeah. And this is not on demand. This is like, episode streaming Live. followed by yeah just like if you turn on a regular television channel and you're like let's see what's on it's that it's like you don't choose the episode it's just playing through in real time and my question to you ariel is does that sound like something you want in your life so uh, yes and no i think i understand the reason why they are categorizing it the way that they are um, but I, I own Hulu plus, so I actually have the Hulu's version of cable. Um, and it is really great when you don't know what you want to watch, but like you're doing housework and you want something on in the background and you're not feeling music, you know, you, you, you want some sort of story going on and you're all caught up on your podcasts. Right. Um, so I, I do have cable. I occasionally watch it. Mainly I watch it for like shows that I like, like the Connors or Abbott's Elementary, which I just watch it, which is freaking amazing. Um, I feel very seen uh, <laughs> uh, as they come out. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean that I, I do still use cable channels essentially. So at a high concept level, it does appeal to me, but you know, the, the items that they've mentioned, because I don't, I don't know. I guess this is true of any channel. Like if you watch CBS live already, you're only going to get their stuff, but it's going to be more varied. So if you want just sci-fi, I guess that that's where that fits in. So 
it, it makes it, it's just funny to me that we have all these streaming channels and now the streaming channels are kind of going back to live television cable concepts. Yeah, I, um, I have no desire. I, this doesn't appeal to me even a little bit. Uh, I stopped watching cable TV probably five years ago and haven't bothered going back. Like the only times I've ever seen any cable TV in that, in the years following that would be when I'm at a hotel, right? Like at a hotel, turn on the TV and see what's on. And that's it. Otherwise I just watch stuff on demand. I kind of get the idea, like the, the notion of you don't really want to have to dedicate the mind space to figure out what you want to watch next. Like that alone can Mm -hmm. be paralyzing at times. I felt that too, where I'm just like, I don't even know what I want to watch. And you're just scrolling through endless options, depending on how many streaming services you subscribe to. Too many is the answer to that. But anyway, um, I I just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really work for me. I I do know that there are times where I will be, you know, back when I was watching cable where I would come across something and even though I had no real desire to see it, I would watch it. And then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, that was good. And I don't do that if it's on demand, like Mm -hmm. this doesn't happen. I have to want to watch something. Otherwise as soon as it starts like 15 seconds in, I'm like, Nope, quit. <laughs> and I go into something else. Yeah. So maybe that, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like TV still does that. I don't know that I would need to have access to a streaming service of 18 different channels that also does that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I mean like right now I'll put on a show that I'm watching while let's say I work and I want some background noise because I I work from home now. So I don't have that office hubbub Mm -hmm. that sometimes keeps you going. Um, But if I do it with a show that I haven't watched yet um, that I care about, then I end up 12 episodes in going, what happened? Um, (laughs) So there's a place, but I, I I don't know. I don't know. I I appreciate Paramount trying. I don't know if it's, it's enough for me. I'll I'll be curious to see how well it does once they, you know, have some, some data on that. Although I'm not necessarily expecting them to share that data readily with the rest of us. Uh, Moving on. We have learned about an actor who has joined the fall of the house of Usher Netflix series. This is the Mike Flanagan series. The same guy who did uh, the, um, the house on haunted Hill and midnight mass and Bly Manor. Um, and we know that this is a mini series that is based off of the work of Edgar Allan Poe with perhaps the fall of the house of Usher serving as kind of a, a, a bookend series with other stories playing out throughout the, the series. And, um, yeah, the force is strong with the actor who just joined this project. Yeah, it's Mark Hamill. We don't know who he's going to be playing, but it sounds like uh, they're anticipating he plays someone creepy. Um, I just finished watching the second half of of uh, He-Man mm-hmm. on Netflix. And the entire time I'm like, well, Skeletor is just Joker. Uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill's super talented, but I was like, Skeletor is just Joker. Uh, so I... I I'm assuming that he will not just be Joker in the fall of the house of Usher. I mean, if he shows up as just an animated character, I will be somewhat disappointed. Here's the thing. Like Mike Flanagan has found actors who, you know, some of them are from like the eighties who hadn't really been seen in a lot of stuff since the eighties and yet are doing amazing work in his, in his, in his projects. And he's the kind of director who, 
when he lands on someone he likes, he has a tendency to use them again, to have them show up in later works. So my hope is that Mark Hamill ends up just knocking it out of the park and that we start seeing this ensemble of talented people who aren't necessarily seen in that many things these days get more work. Yeah, I mean, uh, the other the other notable name is uh, Frank Langella, um, who is who is uh, going to be in it. Who I guess he's still working. He's still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people: Kate Siegel, uh, Henry Thomas, and um, Carla Gugino. Uh, so I mean, like, there's lots of and Carla like. There's just a lot of names, and some of them you may not be familiar with because of the earlier stuff. Some of them you might be. Like, if you watch Alias, you know who Carl Lumbly is, you know? So, um, I'm sorry, Ariel, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt you. But my mind just melted because I didn't I didn't notice that Frank Langella is in this, too. Do you understand yes. what the connective tissue is here between Mark Hamill and Frank Langella? You mentioned it. No. Skeletor. Frank Langella played ah. Skeletor in the 1987 Masters of the Universe live-action movie. Gotcha. Well, he is playing Roderick Usher, the patriarch of the Usher dynasty, in The Fall of the House of Usher. So The Fall of the House of Usher has two Skeletors in it. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll both dress up as skeletons at some point. You know, I, I almost wonder if Mark Hamill's going to be like some sort of narrator, like the Crypt Keeper or something like that. Yeah, I'm now regretting that our mashup isn't He-Man Masters of the Universe and Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, it's not. Well, so. <laughs> maybe once that show comes out, we can maybe. do that. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm blown away that there are two Skeletors. I know. It's silly. I'm sorry. That's just how my brain works. No, it's awesome. Thank you for pointing that out because that is super awesome and I'm, great casting. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this. I really like Mike Flanagan's work. I mean, I get that a lot of people say like, there are a lot of people who are like, this this isn't scary or whatever, because they're not there's not really a lot of jump scares in his work. I find mm-hmm. his work incredibly emotional, unsettling, creepy. There's a lot of terror in it. It's not necessarily terror from the supernatural either. Sometimes it's from v- very mundane sources, but it's cre- it's treated with such raw truth that I find it incredibly effective. I mean, that makes total sense. Honestly, I'm generally not a fan of jump scares. Anyhow, I haven't watched his stuff. I do think it would be too scary for me, but. Um, I, I think, I think if you watch the house on haunted Hill, um, I mean, it does have its scary, spooky moments, but moreover, I think you would be struck by the emotional trauma that this family is going through. Cause that's really what the show is about. It's not so much about the ghosts as it is dealing with emotional trauma. And uh, I I can't like, I highly recommend the show because I think it's incredibly effective. However, it's also that kind of incredibly effective where you don't necessarily feel better after you have watched it. No, I get it. I mean, that's definitely a good tool to have in my arsenal because I often watch media to get an idea of how certain archetypes play within a story um, for things like auditions. So um, I haven't watched it. I've heard good things. I definitely will, but I am one thousand percent going to watch the fall of the house of usher because Mm -hmm. i like edgar Allan poe i had to memorize the cask of amontillado word for word so yeah i uh i also love edgar Allan poe one of the few american poets that i bothered studying most of my studies were in uh english poets 
One other thing I studied a lot. He does super lot. creep me out, though. <laughs> yes, he is very creepy. One thing that's not creepy, but it is something that I studied a lot of, uh, was Firefly. Uh, not much to study, but I studied what there was for quite some time. I was a fan. Uh, I would never have called myself a brown coat, as a lot of the fans of the series would call themselves. Uh, that fandom got a little over the top for my tastes. But the reason why we wanted to mention Firefly is that there's been a rumor that's been going on for almost a full year now that Disney Plus is in some form of production for a reboot of Firefly. And this rumor recently resurfaced, uh, recently as of last week. But the first time it popped up was almost almost a full year ago. And the reason why we wanted to bring it up is that Despite lots of checking and double checking and triple checking, uh, we can't find any reputable source that definitively says, yes, Disney is working on this. It's all it seems to all hinge upon an unnamed source who spoke with a blogger like almost a year ago about this. So we wanted to bring this up largely to caution you to just latching on to a rumor. And by the way, I should also add, Ariel's the one who totally caught that. Like, I saw this and I was like, huh, did you see this? And she looked at it and said, huh, did you see what site it was on? And went, huh, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> good note. I mean, so the thing is, there are lots of, and, and actually, you know, we'll we'll take a break and, and get into this more after the break, but uh, there are lots of sites that... Um, occasionally get the blind worm, I guess, to mix some metaphors. Um, you know, they'll, they'll report on everything and every once in a while it's correct. Um, and I have very mixed feelings about that, both as someone who talks about the geeky news and someone who gets excited about geeky news. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously like at the end of the day, and we will talk about this in a second, so I won't go too much into this, but at the end of the day, these sites are dependent upon people seeing their stuff. So sensational things can get a lot of attention, but mostly what we wanted to say was that, you know, we haven't seen anything that outright denies there's work being done on a reboot of Firefly. We've also not seen anything that confirms it either. Uh, the general thought is that if there is such a project, it is going forward without Joss Whedon because Whedon obviously has that uh, controversial and, and upsetting uh, past that a lot of performers, actors, you know, people behind the scenes have alleged that he's been very abusive toward people in the past. So um, same thing with like the Buffy reboot. There's, you know, there hasn't been much talk on that, but that was a thing that was happening for a while. Um, and, you know, it was clear that it was going to have to go on without him uh, once more of those stories came to light. But we will talk more about reliability and rumor in just a moment after we take this quick break.
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So, did you hear about bait. Kim? Uh, what about possible? No, what about like, Kim possible? Yeah. Did you hear about Kim? Did she kiss him and cry? 
did he pin the pin on or was he too shy? Oh, I heard about Kim. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Bye Bye Birdie. I was just having a little musical moment. Ah. Talk about rumors. Oh. Telephone game. That's fine. That's totally fine. That's a, a wonderful segue. <laughs> Better than me just shouting clickbait. Well, except that that's microphone. clickbait is more accurate because that does seem to be what a lot of this comes down on. So Ariel and I, mostly Ariel, like 95% Ariel, uh, we do research for this show where we look into the different stories that are out in the geeks here. And unfortunately, uh, some of the sites that we have kind of lumped in with our various RSS readers and stuff seem to be a bit on the less reliable side. It's not to say that they don't report real news. It's just that they also report rumors. The problem is, is that they tend to headline them, look at this amazing thing. And then you go into the article and it's like, oh, there's this rumor or we don't know anything about it. Like it's, it's so very frustrating. Oh yeah. Because we all have limited time in a day. Um, <laughs> I don't want to waste it reading through an article that's just going to tell me that, not even say that it's a rumor, but just say, you know, here's this thing we think may someday happen and we know nothing about it for 12 paragraphs. Yeah, it's, this is the sort of the same thing that you hear about. Like there's that joke that goes around online about you look up a recipe for something, anything online and the first like eight paragraphs are a story about immigrating to America and, and, and claiming land in Montana or something it has nothing to do with anything. And then like nine paragraphs down, it says, okay, you're going to need butter, garlic, onion, you know, like it's yeah. that. And the reason for that, for those who don't know, uh, the reason for that is obviously that these pages are ad supported and that the number of ads you serve up end up translating to how much money you're generating per web page, right? Like if you can add, if you can put more ads in your web page, then you can get more money per view. And if people are reading through something because they really want that recipe, they're spending more time on your web page and that adds value too. So that's really the goal here, right? It's all about how many ads can you serve? How much can you keep people there? And so a lot of these sites, like you were saying, Ariel, they lure you in with a headline and you go in and then like the first five or six paragraphs are nothing to do with the headline. It might even be recapping whatever the headline's about. Like the headline might say something like the latest on the next Spider-Man movie. And the first five paragraphs will be summarizing the first two Spider-Man movies. And you're like, I don't, I, I don't need this. This is not what I clicked on this for. Um, so there's that yeah. part too, right? The the wasting of the time. But the ones I hate are the ones where you're reading this and you're like, well, this isn't even a rumor. This isn't news or a rumor. This is just literally just an opinion piece. It's speculation. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Opinion pieces are okay. I, I, I realize that it, they want the clicks because they want the revenue from the ads. But, you know, I will read an opinion piece if I go in knowing it's an opinion piece. Right. I will... I will read a rumor. I love speculating about uh, the things that I'm excited about. I'll read a rumor, just label it as that. Um, I think Inside the Magic is pretty good at uh, labeling the rumors that they talk about. Um, and and to be fair, the, the Firefly news that you found or the fa Firefly rumor that you found, Jonathan, is not from a necessarily unreliable site, but the corroborating information that I could find is from a site that is 
pretty frequently uh, dinged by like our social circle for doing clickbait type stories. Right. Well, and, and don't actually have truth to your point. Like when I, when I finally dove all the way down and I got to that initial story from like a year ago, um, that's when I saw that it was an unnamed source that said this, not just unnamed, but like no indication of what, you know, in what respect they would know this information. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like it could be, oh, I know, a, I know a per- person who works in the mail department of this one studio. And it sounded more like it was speculation in the sense of Firefly is a known property. There is a loyal, rabid fan base, or at least there was. I don't, I think that enough time has passed where the brown coats probably have, have, have chilled a little bit, but. You know, for years, they were like the most rabid of of sci-fi fan bases, more so than any other property I could name, like even Star Wars and Star Trek. Their fandom didn't get as um, in your face about the show they loved as Firefly did. And I like Firefly, but the fandom I did not like as much. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I was not, I think I've talked about this plenty of times on the show, was not a huge fan of Firefly. But I would give a reboot a chance. Yeah, I would give a reboot a chance, too. But I think what I was trying to get at was that it sounded to me like this was more about speculation in the sense that Disney had purchased 20th Century Fox, that Fox had owned Mm -hmm. the rights to Firefly. Therefore, now Disney owns the right to Firefly. Wouldn't it be cool if Firefly came back? And that's what led to the rumor. Although, I mean, again, according to that initial report, someone within Disney slash Fox had leaked the fact that they were in, I guess, pre-production. Cause it sounded to me like it wasn't even at a point where they had scripted anything, just like the formulation of an idea for a reboot. Uh, the one thing mm-hmm. that I would add to that is that my wife, when I told her this story, she said, you know, who would be a great captain if they were to reboot it and they're not bringing the original, uh, well, what remains of the original cast back. Uh, she said, I would have Ming-Na Wen play the role of the captain. And I'm like, oh my God, she would be amazing. And she would, you know, have to do double duty with Boba Fett, but. <laughs> she, I mean, she was the voice of Mulan as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes, she's, she's pretty fantastic. She's the sniper. She's the sniper character in, um, in, Mandalorian slash Boba Fett. Uh, and of course she was the, the cavalry in uh, agents of shield. And so she could play that a part of like the, the, the main character is someone who was part of a resistance that ultimately got squashed. So it's a character who was fighting for a lost cause and how that character tries to carry on when almost everything they believe in has been stripped away from them. And um, I mean, this is all summed up in the song, the theme song for the show. But I think that she would do a great job at as playing a character like that. Plus, in the world of Firefly, it's uh, it's essentially told that China became the dominant world power on Earth, and ha- and Chinese influence is touching everything in society. In uh, by the time you get to Firefly, and yet none of the <laughs> none of the characters had any Chinese ancestry. So that was a little weird. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would watch Ming-Na Wen. I'd also watch Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd also be fantastic. Although she's already played a cap, a starship captain. So, um, give someone else a chance. Had her turn. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, anyway, like the, the point we were trying to make is that, uh, it, it's, it always benefits you to use a little critical thinking like Ariel did when she kind of pulled me back down to earth. And I, I recommend critical thinking all the time, but even I, as someone who recommends it, there are times where I get carried away. And when, it, when you're talking about stuff that you're excited about or that you really love, that's when you have to use it the most because you need to balance out your enthusiasm with some rationality and ask questions yeah. and make sure that, you know, that if you're getting excited about something, there's something to be excited about. Yeah. And do your research because also it goes the other way. Um, you know, there there were rumors about movement of various studios, you know, production studios and things like that. The rumors are kind of true, but they also lacked a lot of nuance. So just make sure you do your research and, and qualify the information that you share and, and goob about with your friends. Right. That's great advice. And we are going to goob about again in just a moment with some creative mashups. Uh, but before we do that, let's take another quick break. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Okay, Ariel. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things we're mashing up today is Firefly, and I can I can talk a little bit more about what that is. What's the other thing we're mashing up? Peter Pan slash Hook. And the reason why is because when I was going through our RSS feeds, there was an opinion piece about why Hook was the like the worst Peter Pan movie ever. And I I don't believe that at all. I think Hook is an amazing movie. Ugh. I think Hook has amazing parts in it and overall as a movie it's a mess so i will explain hook and then jonathan can explain firefly a little bit more so hook is the story of um peter pan he's grown up and uh he's forgotten that he's peter pan so he lives he's a lawyer and he's got a wife and kids and things like that you know like peter pan's got kids Peter Pan's God's kids. Um, that's that's a quote from the movie from one of the Lost Boys who hasn't grown up yet. Um, and uh, some of them have, some of them haven't. And then Tinkerbell shows up and tells Peter that he needs to come back and he needs to save Neverland. And it takes, a, like, the entire movie is Robin Williams, who plays Peter, rediscovering himself. His kids get kidnapped by Hook. Um, and that's, I think that maybe that's the reason that he actually goes back to Neverland, but, um, Hook's got a vendetta, (laughs) um, surprise, surprise. And so, yeah, it's him reconnecting with his kids and learning how to be fun and, um, just learning to kind of childlike learning to put his, and, and the end of the story, he, he ends up putting his family first, you know, learning to let go and spend more time with his family and, and be a little bit of a kid again. Um, it's, it's got. Just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. The casting of the Lost Boys was great. There was a Lost Boy named Rufio who is a phenomenal actor. Don't get um, don't get attached. Don't get attached. <laughs> but I, I mean, just there's a scene where Peter Pan goes and they all he's hungry and, and all, he and the Lost Boys sit down for a meal and all the Lost Boys imagine the meal and it shows up in front of them and they eat and it's so great and they're like, you have to imagine this, Peter, and he can't eat until he can imagine the food. Because it's a Neverland that like actually works, but you know, real life obviously that wouldn't necessarily. You can't live on air. But um. I, uh, I always felt the movie was a bit too muddled. It wasn't like it drags a bit. It's a little less joyful and a little more crass than I like. It's there's too much Goonies in there. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I will say that when Robin Williams is getting to be his truly. Uh, more chaotic self. That's when the movie shines. It's just that he's, he's reeled back quite a bit 
for most of the film. But Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook is sublime. It is one of my favorite versions of Captain Hook. He's so, he's so mean and nasty. I mean, is very, the very beginning when he's introduced, he's insulting his own crew. And I think it's amazing. Um, Oh, and, and I really like the casting they did for Smee as well. He, he played a good mix between doting and kind of sort of competent. Yeah. Bob um, Hoskins, which I liked. He was, Bob he was, well, phenomenal. I just like Bob Hoskins. Yeah. And Glenn Close is in it too. So <laughs> she's put in the boo box. She is a, he in the, in the, in the, in the movie. Um, yeah. So we're going to also talk about Firefly real quick. So Firefly was a short lived as in less than one full season uh, science fiction Western series that Joss Whedon created uh, had Nathan Fillion starring as Captain Malcolm Malcolm Reynolds and uh, his crew of the the space cargo ship the Serenity and the storyline in that is that it takes place in like I think it's 2517 is the year and humanity had left Earth and colonized a solar system that has planets and moons in it uh, and an alliance formed and the alliance became kind of a domineering restrictive society and independent planets that wanted more freedom uh, rebelled. The rebellion was effectively defeated by the alliance. Uh, Malcolm was one of the captains or one of the the officers who led in the rebellion. Uh, His first mate Zoe was also in the rebellion but now they are essentially smugglers. They take on any job they can in order to make money to make, uh, you know, to pay for stuff. And you got a bunch of different characters in there. You got Wash, who's the pilot uh, and played by Alan Tudyk and is probably the most beloved character. And it's a Joss Whedon yeah. product. So you know what happens to him because we can't have nice things when in Whedon verse. Um, there's uh, Simon and River Tam, the brother and sister. Simon is a doctor. River is a uh, 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 crazy. <laughs> She's also psychic and is a murder machine. By the time you get to the movie, uh, you've got Jane, a man they call Jane, uh, who is a mercenary who's on the crew. You've got Kaylee, who's the happy, bubbly mechanic on the crew. Um, you've got Shepard Book who is a mysterious pastor who has some sort of, uh, of eventful past that makes him extremely capable in areas that your typical pastor would not be capable. And um, yeah, it's their adventures as they try to avoid the Alliance, run jobs, and get themselves out of trouble. And uh, Captain Malcolm is the guy who says, I aim to misbehave. And um, yeah. yeah, so that, that's the rundown on Firefly. Like I said, I think it lasted maybe eight or nine episodes total before they got canceled. And then there was the film Serenity that came out after it. And there have been comic books and graphic novels and stuff like that that have uh, added to the story. But I'm less familiar with those. Yeah, well, my mashup has very little to do with most of that plot. Um. <laughs> well, mine has a lot to do with it, so it's important that people know what it is. <laughs> No, no, that's 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 good. That's true. Uh, so I'm I'm going to say that I'm going to go first this time. Okay. So my mashup is called that shiny second star to the right. Peter Pan, the boy who said he would never grow up, and then did, and forgot he was Peter Pan, and then went back to Never Neverland and remembered and defeated Hook, and then went home to his family. Was his hitting his third, 
I don't know, maybe his fourth midlife crisis? While he loved his family and life, he longed once again for the shores of Mermaid Lagoon in Cannibal Cove. Uh, To be fair, he often longed for those distant lands when his quarterly crunch came around, but this time it was different. This time he decided to go back. Upon arriving in Never Neverland, he checked in with the lost boy he had left in charge, Thudbutt. Thudbutt had nothing interesting to report. Since the last time Peter was in town and fed hooked to the taxidermied crocodile, it had been a boring existence in the Neverlands. Peter tried to wrestle up some trouble with the mermaids, but they had no interest, and he tried fussing with the fairies, but to no avail. Then one day, Peter, while laying and staring at the stars, noticed an extra twinkly star he had never seen before. It was the second one to the second one to the right. Peter asked Thudbutt, what was this new star? And Thudbutt had no clue. So off Peter flew in search of this new adventure to answer his question. His flight took him to outer space, where he found a spaceship named the Serenity. Thinking these were new pirates to battle, he boarded the space vehicle. But when he got on, there was nothing there but crew journals. And Peter saw this as an opportunity. He flew down and gathered all the long-lost boys and girls who also needed adventures to crew the ship, each taking on the identity of one of the crewmates whose position they were taking. And of course, Peter took the captain's role, a one Malcolm Reynolds. Peter didn't even realize that by stealing this spaceship that he and the lost boys and girls were turning into pirates themselves. Just then, they got a message that told them to bring the cargo they were carrying to a rendezvous point. They did, and that's when Peter realized that he and his crew were smugglers. And it slowly dawned on him that he was the pirate now, the thing he always despised. As the crew pulled the Serenity out of the loading dock free of its smuggled cargo, they were attacked by Reavers, which are these horrible cannibal-like bad guys. If Peter and his lost crew were pirates, these were like double bad pirates. And after a mighty battle where the lost boys and girls slash the Serenity crew defeat the Ravagers, Peter and the crew realized that maybe pirates weren't as bad as they had always thought. And much like living in the real world, the longer Peter and the crew stayed aboard the ship, the more they forgot about their old lives until they were using words like shiny and eating fruity Odie bars and losing their minds. The lesson of this story is, um, I'd, I don't know. The more you try to run away from life, the more of a pirate you become. The end. Okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> mine is epic. So settle in, get yourself a snack. Uh, mine is called epic in length, not, not necessarily in scope. I'm not going to suggest that it's epically good. It's just long. Um, this is called Captain Tight Pants and the Pirates. <laughs> Captain Tight Pants has a problem. That is, Captain Malcolm Reynolds of the spaceship Tinkerbell has a problem. He and his ragtag crew are running late on a smuggling run to their contact on their latest job. There have been a couple of tiny issues, freeing the cargo from the Alliance transport ship, and then a couple of other issues as a crew of piratical nasties got wind of their haul. But Malcolm still had his ship and his crew which was saying a lot. So Malcolm pops up into the cockpit of the Tinkerbell and says, how far out are we? Wash, the pilot, never taking his eyes off the view, says, well, since he asked me that not two minutes ago, I'd say we're about two minutes closer than we were, which is about an hour away. Now, if you'll excuse me, Captain, these maneuvers won't evade themselves. And with that, the ship makes a roll to the right as a harpoon projectile tethered to a cable narrowly flies next to the ship. 
Malcolm swears quietly and runs back to the cargo hold. There he spots Jane, the mercenary on board who has been mysteriously recast in this film because there's no way I'm going to have Adam Baldwin in something I make. Anyway, Jane scrambles to look casual, but clearly he was trying to open one of the boxes. Best get yourself prepared for company, says Malcolm. No time for goodies. Jane growls a bit, and the ship lurches suddenly, and both men have to grab onto stuff to keep them from falling over, and there's a loud clunking noise, and then nothing. Malcolm says, hold that thought. Then he glances over and sees River Tam standing calmly, looking down into the cargo bay. Remember, she's the sort of crazy uh, killing machine one. And he says, River, keep an eye on things for me. We don't want anything to go walking off before we get paid. River nods and looks at Jane impassively, and Jane growls again. And then Malcolm rushes back to the cockpit. Status? We're out, Captain, says Zoe, who puts a hand on Wash's shoulder. Thanks to him. Wash offers a nervous smile and says, Oh, it was nothing that the galaxy's greatest pilots couldn't do in their sleep. Wait, so we lost them, says Malcolm. Well, they probably know where we're going, but they're on the other side of the asteroid belt, so it'll take them a few hours to find a way around, says Wash. You took us through an asteroid belt, says Malcolm. Wash offers up a shrug. Worked, didn't it? The ship continues on down to a planet covered in lush forests with beautiful oceans and lagoons. It looks like a paradise, particularly compared to the desert planets that the Tinkerbell usually lands on. Huh, says Wash. And what does huh mean, asks Malcolm. My husband is trying to say it's a bit tricky to set down when there aren't many open landing zones, says Zoe. Yeah, says Wash. The rate this is going... We'll never, never land. But just then, as they close in on the coordinates given to them by their contact, they see it. It's a wide beach, and the Tinkerbell sets down, struts sinking slightly into the sand. Time to get paid, says Malcolm. Zoe, with me. I'm going to need you and Jane there in case things get interesting. I hate interesting, says Zoe. They head back to the cargo bay where they see that River Tam hasn't moved an inch, nor has Jane, who is still looking at River. The girl is spooky, he says. Gather your wits about you and look tough. We're going to go meet the client, says Malcolm. Mind if I join, asks a voice from behind. And it's Shepard Book, who has a gentle smile. Might be useful for to have someone with a slightly more diplomatic disposition. Malcolm glances at Zoe and Jane and then nods, and the four head over as the cargo bay door opens, revealing that about a hundred feet behind the ship is a line of young men. Actually, not men. Boys. Young boys. With one dressed in green standing in the front. And Malcolm scans the crowd. Um, any of your parents around by any chance? And the lead boy lets out a delighted laugh. Not hardly, he says. You must be Malcolm Reynolds. He then does this weird flourishing bow thing. You may call me Peter. Malcolm and crew are now more than a little surprised, and Zoe leans over to Malcolm. Isn't Peter the name of our contact? Malcolm nods. Peter Pan? Asks Malcolm. The same, says Peter, who then lets out an odd rooster crow for some reason, and the boys behind him all cheer. Malcolm notices that they're all armed. Kind of with like small swords and spears and that kind of thing, though everything is currently at least sheathed and relatively peaceful. Well, I have your delivery here, says Malcolm. And Peter nods happily. We can take it from here if you don't mind us coming aboard to unload. 
Malcolm considers it for a second and nods. The boys look pretty harmless and friendly. We sure would appreciate the help, he says. Peter gestures, and a group of boys go up to the ship, and they begin to carry crates with the Alliance emblem still burned on them, all the way down to the beach below. Now, there's the matter of payment, says Malcolm, and Peter grins and gestures off to one side, where Malcolm sees a bunch of chests, like like pirate chests, and they're filled with gold and jewels and such, and Malcolm says something rude in Chinese. We have no use for it, says Peter, and I know this caused you no end of trouble. Malcolm's radio then buzzes. Excuse me, he says to Peter. Yes, he says into the radio. Captain, we've got company, says Wash. Well, Malcolm looks up, and in the sky far above, he sees the telling sign of a ship entering the atmosphere. Peter looks too. Oh-ho, says Peter. The codfish. And the boys all make growling tones. The codfish? Asks Malcolm. And Peter grins. Let's just say we've got a history. Care to stick around for the fun? And just then a blast hits the ground next to the Tinkerbell, followed by a second that slams right into the ship itself. Malcolm's radio lets out a high-pitched whine and then gives out. Looks like you're gonna have to stick around, says Peter. It's gonna take time for that ship to recover from a fully charged ion blast. Sure enough, a moment later, Wash rushes rushes out of the ship. Captain, all systems are disabled. The ship doesn't seem damaged, it's just not working. They never damage ships if they can help it, says Peter. They want it all. Cargo, crew, and ship. Um, who wants it all? Asks Wash. And Peter points up. The pirates, of course. And he lets out another crow. Malcolm turns to Wash. Secure the ship as best you can. Get Simon out here. We might need him later. Shepard, I'd sure appreciate if you would go back to the ship and keep her safe. Book nods and returns with Wash, who shares a look of understanding with his wife before leaving. Malcolm watches as Book and Wash use manual controls to slowly close the cargo doors. Then he turns to Peter and says, Where's the next nearest landing spot? How much time do we have? Peter gives Malcolm a sympathetic look. Not far at all for them. You'll see. Best get ready. And with that, Malcolm sees that the incoming ship has a very odd design. It has no landing gear extended. Instead, it glides down to touch onto the ocean itself, causing huge waves to either side as it slows down, and then hatches open and out pour the pirates, dozens of them, with the final two being an odd chubby fellow and a tall foppish pirate with a hook. Pan, says the pirate. What a pleasure. Shall we dance? Dark and sinister man, says Pan. Have at thee. And what follows is a brilliant battle scene in which Malcolm, Jane, Zoe, and and River, who snuck out of the ship and picked up one of the Lost Boys' swords and went to town, join in with the Lost Boys against the pirates. And Pan and Hook are in an intense fencing battle with Pan playfully taunting the captain. And Malcolm and Zoe quickly adopt their military approach, which proves to be far more competent than the more chaotic pirates. And things are going pretty well when Hook, in a stunning turn of events, disarms Peter. Ha! He calls out. Now watches your beloved leader suffers as I have suffered, and he raises his sword up as Peter moves a hand up to protect himself, and suddenly from the ocean, the water roils as a beast leaps up from the ocean, casting a shadow on Hook and Pan. Hook looks up in terror, and Malcolm watches as a massive beast, something like a cross between a crocodile and a shark, plunges down on the pair, and there's a huge splash. And when the water clears, Malcolm can see that Pan had scrambled away at the last second. He's sitting soaked on the beach and there is no sign of Hook. The pirates, demoralized, quickly surrender. The boys lead them off, and Malcolm returns to Pan. This happened a lot, he says, and Pan grins. Not nearly frequently enough. Thanks for the help. Malcolm nods. 
Didn't have much choice, but you're welcome. Then Pan lets out a laugh. Uh, Say, says Malcolm, I usually don't do this, but I'm curious. What exactly did we bring back to you? Pan looks at Malcolm with a glint in his eye. Wasn't it obvious? Pixie dust, he says, and heads off after the rest of the Lost Boys. Shaking his head, Malcolm returns to the Tinker Bell with his crew. Kaylee has managed to restore power to the systems, and soon they take off. Where to next, Captain? asks Wash. Second star to the right, he says. Straight on till morning. The end. I loved it. You made me like Firefly, but mainly because there was a lot of Peter Pan in there. <laughs> Uh, Firefly was a lot of fun, largely because of kind of the Westernisms of, uh, the character speech, like the whole, like you get a lot of reckoning and that kind of stuff, like, like phrases that you don't frequently hear in American English. I mean, the English still use them occasionally. Um, but that kind of creates a, an affectation that's fun to mimic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's how we think that Hook and or Peter Pan should be uh, paired up with Firefly. If you've got an idea of how those items should be matched up, you should write us and tell us. And uh, the best way to do that is to use our email address. The email for the show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. You can also drop us a line on social media. Over on Facebook and Instagram, we're Large Nerdron Collider. Over at Twitter, we are lnc underscore podcast. Yes, and if you like the show, make sure to... Subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. All of that's really helpful so that we have more geeks to talk about or talk with, not about. We're totally going to talk about you after we we stop recording, though. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You. Well, um, until next time, I have been Ariel um, Big Pink Fluffy Dress Caston. And I am Jonathan. Somebody's watching you, and it's me, Strickland. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.